politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots, peace-loving taxpayers, and all-around good, law-abiding, non-illegal alien, non-criminal Americans. This is your one and only Conservative Review podcast, perhaps your only source of pro-victim, pro-law-abiding taxpayer news uh, that you could access. You could certainly get us at conservativereview.com for our written content. You could obtain... Um, all of our video content at Conservative Reviews uh, YouTube page. Make sure to subscribe and like our videos. You could contact me at dharwitz at blazemedia.com or tweet me at rmconservative. No, I'm not one of those crazies that sees every message on Twitter, but I try to check it. So that is one way to get a hold of me. And um, look, you, you guys have really been terrific in sending me so much information. Um, many of you will see it reflected in some of our written or or video content, uh, some stories that I missed. Like we said yesterday, I'm still sorting out the election results. It's very localized, very nuanced, a lot of issues on ballots that we discussed yesterday. So there's a lot to untangle. And I want to untangle one other ballot initiative we didn't talk about, a very important ballot initiative that, again, I actually was um, tipped off by a listener uh, about a week ago. But I want to preface this first by saying we badly, I mean, I mean, badly, badly need our own Brexit, except we actually need a successful Brexit (laughs) because Brexit didn't succeed. And that's kind of the point today. I know it's not a nice word to use, and I apologize ahead of time for doing it, but I will say that we're at the point where what we have for law-abiding American taxpayers is essentially political gang rape, where against our will, denizens are made of aliens, victims are made out of criminals, our statutes, our laws, our constitutional rights are flipped on its head, And this is all done in a way that we can't fight back. It's done with the bureaucracies. It's done, more importantly, with the courts. And then the few times it's done legislatively, it's done in a very undemocratic way. It's not done with a lot of sunlight. And then mixed with that, as as we've always noticed, and as we really spoke at length yesterday, the party that bills itself as representing our values, thereby boxing out any other party from successfully representing that and creating a monopoly is the Republican Party, and they suck. That was basically the title of yesterday's show. The Republican Party sucks. And the consequences of that is that we are basically disenfranchised because we have no way of redressing our grievances. Um, because, you know, if, if it's a law, the courts screw with it. If it's a policy, the courts screw with it. They create rights. They, they do whatever they want. We need our own Brexit from this judicial supremacy. But it takes a party and a political movement willing to do that. And in all candor, I'm struggling to formulate that. And this is not even conservative anymore. This is the vast majority. But the problem we have, and again, I'm going to get to the, the point here, is um, 
one of my favorite words in the English language, I don't use it much conversationally, obviously, but through politics, I use it, I've used it before, is diffidence, okay? D-I-F-F-I-D-E-N-C-E. Merriam-Webster's says, uh, it's the quality or state of being unassertive or bashful. Someone who is diffident in their views. Okay, that's what we're dealing with, diffidence. Someone who is not confident, hesitant in acting or speaking through lack of self-confidence. Okay? That is our movement. Now, a lot of our movement is fake. It's for money, fame, phony, grifting organizations, talkers on cable and talk radio. But even people that genuinely want to do something I've noticed a lot of diffidence, and I don't mean to be arrogant here, but I, I see a lot of people like, Daniel, could we do this? It's like the left will come in and basically gang rape this country. Again, man is woman, victim is criminal, criminal is victim. Um, illegal alien has a right to sue us and demand services. And like, whenever I say like, here's what we need to do, like, Daniel, could we do this? Are you sure? Like, is it lawful? Like, what are you talking about? I mean, that's the problem. The left never has a problem. They, they know what they believe. They come, they see, they conquer, they pound the lectern. They will do everything it takes, policy and process-wise, legal uh, channels to implement their agenda. And our side is always like, yeah, I don't know. I can't do this. I guess, I guess the other side will just win. Lots to talk about. First piece of evidence to submit here the pennsylvania ballot initiative on marcy's law so what we found here is that those of us who care about victims of crime those of us who care about law enforcement those of us who don't want terrible violent criminals terrorizing our neighborhoods really have no outlet to um redress our our problems we don't because simply put both parties, and that includes conservative movement think tanks and Fox News, are bought into the pro-criminal thing. That at a time when fewer people are serving time for the worst crimes ever, they think it's not enough and we need even more jailbreak. You have the courts left and right um, just poking holes in one law after another creating one right for criminals after another, barring for one form of punishment after another. What is our last avenue to redress our grievances? The courts are screwing us. Bureaucracies are screwing us. Politically, both parties are screwing us. And even the few things they pass legislatively, they do in a very undemocratic way. Remember, the First Step Act, they had... Three hours of debate in the Senate, zero debate in the House. They passed it under suspension, which is how they passed post office naming bills. They put it on the House calendar, not under name, but ensconced in another bill. And they did so December 20th of last year when we were gearing up for the biggest government shutdown ever. Nobody was thinking about this. No one knew it passed at the time. And, and the proponents of the bill 
bragged about this being the greatest change to criminal justice in three decades. So you would think, I mean, you'd have a whole elongated, protracted, public, transparent debate. No. And, and, and it was like a shutdown of a silence. Fox News had to, for the first time in 25 years, put out a press release, endorsed a piece of legislation, something they've never done. Like, this is it. I had a friend who was banned, suspended on Twitter for simply just opposing the first step back. Now you'll ask why I wasn't, maybe because I have the blue check mark, I have more of a public persona and a following, so maybe they thought they would get blowback. This guy didn't have many followers, so they thought they could get away with it. I don't know. Um, I have friends that submitted columns you know, they're, they're writers for various publications, conservative publications, where you could write anything. You could write the case for, you know, homosexual this, the case for the conservative case for birthright citizenship. I'm actually thinking because this publication that I have in mind did that. Um, everything is conservative now. We, we, we don't know what we believe in. There's a conservative fiscal liberalism, conservative social liberalism, conservatives for open borders. But this guy wanted to oppose jailbreak they spiked his column. They never spiked a column before. I don't want to name the publication yet because certain sensitivities with an individual, but um, th there is no, you are not allowed to debate. So the only um, outlet we have are ballot initiatives. Okay, that's the only outlet where you just take it directly to the people. Now, again, I'm not saying that everything in life should be done by ballot initiative. We do have a representative democracy. There's a reason for it. But I'm just saying that's what's happening now. That's the one thing. So whenever jailbreak or criminal justice issue is placed in front of the people, they side against the elites. So there's something called Marcy's Law. Marcy's Law. It passed overwhelmingly in 13 states so far. Most states really have some version of it codified in law. Um, others that do have it codified in law wanted to have have it in the Constitution. It's kind of a bill of rights for victims, basically that the victim has to be notified of all the proceedings of their assailant or their attacker um, at every stage of the proceedings, the disposition of a trial, parole hearings, bail hearings. And included in that is a right to give a victim impact statement at each um stage that the judge has to keep in mind the safety of the victim and his family, uh, you know, in terms of releasing someone on bond or issuing parole. Um, victims have the right to restitution. <clears throat> and then also at the same time, conversely, the other way around, that victims have the right to remain silent. I mean, you know, if criminals have that right, they have that right too, not to be coerced to speak to police or speak to a prosecutor or speak to um, a defense attorney if they if they don't want to right i mean you know if 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 we're going to invent miranda rights not in the constitution that criminals need to be apprised of their rights in a very specific formal way and that if not everything is like the case against them is thrown out so i mean victims should have that uh, notification as well and that's basically what marcy's law is it has passed overwhelmingly in every state. It's it's um, passed with at least 60% support, varying versions of it in every state except for California, where it may be passed with 54%. And then in a lot of states, it's passed with 75, upwards of 80%, even 83% in Ohio, 
um, depending on the version. So in comes Pennsylvania, and Tuesday night, you know, the votes were tabulated. 74% passed Marcy's Law. Now, Marcy's Law, very simply, was placed, it was voted to be placed on the ballot by the legislature. Um, it was a unanimous vote in the Senate, the state Senate of Pennsylvania, and it uh, passed 190 to 8 in the, um, in the House. In other words, when you have something that is that unambiguous, people understand exactly what it is. Nobody could be caught on the other side of it. Um, so it passed with 74% of the vote. I didn't look at the county maps. I'm curious if there's a single county where it didn't pass, a.k.a. Philadelphia City. If you guys want to look that up and uh, drop me a note, feel free to do that. I appreciate it. Um, so what are you going to do? What, are, what is the governing elite class going to do? Well, you know what they're going to do. They're going to go to court. So they went to the Pennsylvania Commonwealth Court, and this Democrat judge, Ellen Seisler, um, puts an injunction on it. But not now, that has been done in two other states, in Montana and Kentucky. They overturned Marcy's Law. But here, this was unique. They preemptively put an injunction on the Secretary of State from certifying the results before the ballot was even cast. This happened last week, before the ballot was even cast. It was upheld four to three, or at least the preliminary injunction was upheld by the state's highest court, the Supreme Court of Pennsylvania, four to three. All four yes votes were Democrats, and um, there, there's only two Republicans on that court You know, voted no, and one Democrat joined with them. So it's four to three. So 74% of the voters, almost unanimous in the legislature to at least place it on the ballot, and a court could just say, screw you. They said it, it, the ACLU alleged and the court sided with them that it, it packs in too many issues in, in a single question. You can't have a single ballot question. Now, let me just tell you, folks, if you would have a criminal justice reform bill passing with 74% of the vote that had multiple facets to it, I don't think they would be such overzealous uh, sticklers for the single-issue doctrine, okay? I, I just don't see that happening. But, you know, a lot of... So, so let me just read to you the, the ballot question. It read as follows. Shall the Pennsylvania Constitution be amended to grant certain rights to, cr to crime victims, including to be treated with fairness, respect, and dignity, considering their safety in bail proceedings, timely notice and opportunity to take part in public proceedings, reasonable protection from the accused, right to refuse discovery requ requests made by the accused, restitution and return of property, proceedings free from delay, and to be informed of these rights. Okay, it, it, it all wraps around one principle. Too, too many issues. Now, anyone who understands ballot initiatives, that's, that's pretty standard. <laughs> okay, you, you, you would overturn many other ballot initiatives. But this ballot initiative is very special. You see, because you, you could debate certain things, maybe certain things could pass, but... Any strike against jailbreak, that cannot be heard. You cannot even certify the results of that election. It's a pattern. If you watch it, you'll see what I'm saying. 
There is nothing more sacred to the governing elite, and that includes phony conservatives, than jailbreak, pro-crime trends. You know, I, I had this story last night. We have um, our neighbor's 16-year-old girl is staying by us for two days while he has surgery, um, and the you know his wife is in the hospital. So she came back from, from high school yesterday and told us about a friend of hers, lives just about a mile and a half away from us, who got into her car at night right in front of her own home, and four armed robbers were waiting to carjack and started to open the door. Luckily, she was able to speed away. It seems like at least one of them was caught. And, you know, that, that's horrifying and terrifying, right? If I, if, if I were caught peacefully concealed carry or open carry just to defend myself in Maryland, I would be thrown in jail. Okay, that, 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 that's what happens here. But you have armed robbers trying to hijack a, a carjack a 16-year-old girl. Two things. A, I guarantee you, I mean, they were young black males, but I mean, that we know that already, but I guarantee you that they have cycled in jail multiple times on similar charges the last six to 12 months, and they didn't serve a day in jail or very little time in jail. And I guarantee you, that even after being caught doing this, even repeat offenders aren't going to serve much time, if at all. If they're juveniles, they're for sure not going to serve any time. Think about that. There's too much gun violence. Yeah, you and I are caught with a gun in a state where you can't carry, you'll go to jail. But if you're the right sort of criminal, threatening someone's life with a gun, how dare you fill up the prisons, Daniel? What, you want mass incarceration, huh? This is what's happening. Many of us wonder, many of us wonder, we, 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 we sit back and watch Britain, Great Britain, appallingly with shock. How you could have such a protracted, public, transparent, vigorous debate over a very clear issue. There's no like, there's no ambiguity to pull out of the European Union or not. That was Brexit, okay? So you can't, you know, I mean, this is as democratic as it gets. And the people, despite being outspent, outgunned, outmanned by the elites, win the vote. Three and a half years later, it's not happening and it doesn't look like it's gonna happen. And we're like, how does that happen? It's the courts, it's the politicians, it's the party that should be fighting it is fake because the Tories there are like the Republicans here. But folks, this is what's happening here. The courts are making denizens of aliens. They're making victims of criminals. They're overturning our laws, even though they don't have the power to do that. So let's go on to some other cases. Let's go on here to some other cases. So now, look. The saving grace of Pennsylvania, of state courts, and I say this all the time, as bad as state judges are, at least they're elected. So, I mean, the voters of Pennsylvania could mobilize against these judges the same way you do a politician and could throw them out. Um, you know, if there's an open seat, they're elected. I believe if they're incumbents in Pennsylvania after their term, it is a long 10-year term, um, they stand for a retention ballot. So there's a way to do that. Now, but the, part of the problem is that the left is winning state judgeships because 
we don't focus on them enough because ultimately the federal judiciary runs the show and they are not elected. So when the feds do this, there's no um, there's no recourse. So let's go to some of these cases just today. A federal judge in California ruled Tuesday. Well, OK, it happened on Tuesday, but this came out, I guess I just saw it in the news today that the Trump administration is requ required to provide mental health services to the thousands of migrant parents and children who are separated at the U.S.-Mexican border, reports the New York Times. The decision marks a rare instance of the government being le held legally accountable for the mental trauma brought on by its policies. Think about this. The courts are pro-criminal as anything. But even with criminals, American criminals are not accorded this special right to avoid prosecution if it's going to result in separation from your child, right? I mean, we, we don't say we're not going to prosecute domestic criminals because then they'll be separated from their child. They're brought to Child Protective Services. But yet, illegal alien criminals cannot, are not allowed to be prosecuted because they're going to be separated from their family. And if you prosecute them, guess what? You have to pay for their mental health. They make denizens of aliens. They make victims of criminals. But you put the two together, illegal alien criminals, boy, there is nothing more sacrilege than that by the courts. We are being politically gang raped in this country against our will. And, and again, what I'm telling you is this has nothing to do with Trump, not liking Trump, Republicans, Democrats. This is so much deeper what is going on in Western democracies in this generation. Again, you look at Marcy's law, 74%, you know, Pennsylvania is a pretty 50-50 state, 74% voted for Marcy's law. 70 to 80 to 90%, depending on the issue, don't want this criminal justice to form jailbreak stuff. But by hook or by crook, the political elites will get it, and their favorite thing is the courts. And again, I say this all the time. Courts don't have such a power. A court could grant relief to a plaintiff negative action from the government. In other words, leave me alone. Government is trying to make me pay. Government is trying to imprison me. So I'm going to go and say, OK, I'm going to grant relief. Now, it might be a bad ruling and we might disagree with the ruling. And I believe that each branch has the right to push back against that ruling. But in my case, at least that is within the province of judicial power. What this court has done today in California or on Tuesday and what they've been doing in many of these cases. Is not even judicial power. A court can't appropriate funding. A court can't offer services. A court can't offer standing to foreign nationals. Right? They're not here. If you're here illegally, the court system itself for 130 years, Supreme Court precedent, it's as if they are in the most physical sense not present in our country. They don't have standing. And even if we're an American, like everyone's like, oh, Daniel, I mean, this is where the dividends comes in. Daniel, what do we do? The court said, do you really think the executive branch could push back? It's not a matter of pushing back. They're the ones pushing. They're the ones demanding a positive on a negative action of the government, not vice versa. They're saying you government must cough up services and funding for illegal aliens. You don't, they don't have power to do that. 
No such power exists. They could recommend it if they want. Just like I could write a political column, which I do. This this loser judge in California could write a political column disguised as a legal opinion. That's fine. But the reason why the founders gave that no enforcement mechanism is because they're not elected. And that would be a judicial North Korea. And they didn't want that. But nonetheless, because of the diffidence of the Republican Party and the conservative movement and the Trump administration and the other branches of government, we live in a judicial North Korea. So to answer your question, how do we have Brexit three and a half years ago and still no pulling out of the European Union and possibly never? That's why the courts control everything. Even though they have no power because we are disenfranchised. Again, I'm not talking about just random bad court opinions. I'm talking about the foundations of civilization making victims of criminals and criminals of victims and law enforcement and making denizens of aliens and aliens of U.S. citizens. That speaks to the foundation of the social compact, of of governance, of consent by the governed, of the Declaration of Independence. We are controlled by this elite ruling class, but it doesn't have to be that way. So we'll be following that case. Then there's, then there's the, the, the other thing. Kill the kid, you bigot. A New York judge, this loser Paul Engelmeyer, um, an Obama appointee, ruled on Tuesday that the Trump administration is not allowed to exempt doctors and medical practitioners based on conscience uh, um, concerns of performing abortions or uh, castration, um, mutilation operations. Now, I hate getting back to conscience because it's more than that. It's a violation of the Hippocratic Oath to perform them. We should, the, the, the notion that we need, like, you know, somehow we need this protection of conscience from something that should be banned anyway is, is absurd. But basically, you know, last May, HHS promulgated a rule expanding the religious and conscience protections for doctors in these situations. So 22 states sued and they said we're agreed, aggrieved parties because guess what? We're, gonna, we're slated to lose federal funding if we don't cooperate with this rule. Now, could you imagine a judge ruling that the federal government cannot condition federal funding to states that violate civil rights on, you know, race. Let's say a state wanted to, like, I don't know, just have Jim Crow laws against blacks. Do you think they would rule those federal laws unconstitutional? But somehow, when you have unalienable conscience rights, my own personal conscience, which is the most unalienable thing protected in the Constitution, nope, that's not protected. And in fact, you have no right to conscience There's a right to cut someone's balls off. And there's a right for states to have federal taxpayer dollars. Like, I didn't understand. Again, a judge doesn't have a right to tell the federal government, cough up money. You have a right to say, don't steal money from a citizen. Don't throw him into jail. Now, you may or may not be right in that case, but but you don't have a right to, say, cough up money. So now they appropriate funding too? That's not judicial power. They don't have such power. 
again, again, foreign nationals have a right to sue to enter the country, to get medical care, to get mental health care, to not be prosecuted for crimes, to have access to our schools. But we do not have rights as citizens to be protected from criminals and to not be forced to cut someone's balls off as a doctor or to murder a baby in a, in a gruesome, uh, uh, even the most gruesome ways of, of doing abortions. I have no other term to use other than political gang rape. Because that's what's happening to us. The silent majority doesn't support this, this stuff. But again, everything is ceded to the courts, the bureaucracies. And among the political branches, Republicans are like Democrats. Where do you and I turn? And when I say you and I, I don't even mean conservative Republicans or independent conservatives. I mean, the overwhelming majority of, of the public, most, most families in this country don't want that. You know, we talked a lot about the suburban vote yesterday, Republicans just losing them in droves. Marcy's Law, Victims' Bill, Bill of Rights, passed in Pennsylvania by 74%. I'd love to see what the suburban vote was, but I guarantee you, I'm sure, it was at least 74% in favor of it. Because likely, the 26% came from the urban areas. So, I mean, the, the balance would have been much more. Imagine if we had a party running on that. Again, folks, crime, social values, sovereignty, immigration, and judicial supremacy tying into all those issues. That's everything. Where is the movement, the party, the senator, the administration official running on this, doing this? There's talk. Um, I mean, it might be official as of this recording. I mean, I've, I've been away from my computer during this, so I haven't seen this, obviously, if, if Jeff Sessions has announced. But Jeff Sessions is going to announce a, a run for Senate. And there's talk of Trump dumping on him. That better not happen. He will be the only voice for us on these three issues. We don't have a voice in the Senate. There's no one I can turn to. For the first time in my career, I don't have a single senator I can consistently work with on, 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 on most issues. Trump endorsed Mitt Romney in an open seat with an opponent from the state Senate that he could have easily endorsed and that guy could have won. See, some people say, Daniel, okay, Trump is personal. If you, if you screw him over, even if you're a conservative, he'll oppose you. Um, if you do good for him personally, even if you're a rhino, he'll endorse you. Okay, fine. How does that explain Trump endorsing Mitt Romney? Remember, what he's doing now is no surprise. He was doing that before. He was trashing Trump at every stage. He endorsed Martha Roby in Alabama on that very state. Martha Roby was the ultimate never-Trumper. Attacked him left and right. The swamp wins all the time, every time. Drain the swamp, my rear end. You're refilling the swamp. The one person you're going to go after is Jeff Sessions. I mean, even if you are someone in the audience who is down on Sessions as attorney general and thinks he fell down on Mueller, it, let's just see the point for a minute. But to run for Senate, you're, that, that's not going to be an issue. He, he, no one is going to be better on the MAGA agenda than him. 
And that's going to be the real challenge for Trump supporters. Are you for Trump's rear end or are you really for the MAGA agenda? The same thing that divided people with the First Step Act, which Trump himself really didn't even want. But that's the thing here. We need a champion. We need a movement. I know a lot of you are asking me, what do we do? What do we do? I'm flummoxed. It, it, it doesn't take much if you had a movement, but we don't have one. So why am I one of the only shows doing this? But again, you watch that Brexit situation, you're like, oh my gosh, Europe is like a judicial North Korea. Like, how did the courts just basically like overturn the will of the people? That happens every day here. A hun- Forget about our laws and constitution and ancient principles of, of sovereignty and the Declaration of Independence. The judiciary branch's own case law in the most emphatic 130 years since has said that illegal aliens have no right to come here, have no right to demand anything, have no standing in court. These decisions are exclusively within the province of the judicial branch of government. These are almost verbatim quotes. A California judge could just toss that out. And the Trump administration and, and all the Republicans in the Senate will be like, yeah, well, let's appeal it. And, and, and this gets me into another thing that really just bothers me. The Dummies, low IQ, unicell organisms in the conservative movement, all of them. I'm the only one who's not saying this. Trump is changing the judiciary. Look, one out of every four judges appointed um, in the appellate level are now Trump appointees. Lovely. But guess what? Three out of four aren't. And a good number of the Trump appointees, they're certainly better than Obama ones. And a lot of them are better than the Bush ones. That remains to be seen, depending on who it is. But as we've said, and those who, of you who are veterans of the show know, many times, the capacity of a good judge to do good is nowhere near the capacity of a bad judge to do bad if you agree and accede to the premise of judicial supremacism, and especially even at a lower court level. What is this doing for us? Every day, we're getting destroyed with the most radical, n- newfangled, rights that we've never seen before even under this trump judiciary because they go to where they want they go to new york they go to california they go to seattle and oregon they and they go to chicago they go to hawaii they get what they want oh the supreme court will overturn it well a lot of people on the supreme court are um are screwing us and even where they actually side with with us and overturn them they come back more every one of these california judges have been overturned it's not stopping them until and unless the executive branch says you don't have that power and you keep on doing what you're doing i'm not going to cough up money for mental services please supreme court well no first they have to go to the ninth circuit and appeal please could, could you could you save us from no Daniel, could we do that? What do you, could a district judge do this? Why is it always the onus is on us and the, and the other branches? The onus should be on the courts. They, have, they are the weakest branch. They have the, less, the, the least amount of power because they're not elected. But our side is so diffident in its views. They, they're so lacking confidence. Drives me insane. Are you with Lincoln or, or with Douglas? They don't have this power. And if they seize it for them, the same way, everyone's like, 
Why, why is no one asking me, could a judge set aside the law, the Constitution, the actions of the other branch? Everyone's like, no, of course, that's what a court does. So by a magnitude of 100, certainly it's incumbent upon the other branches to do the same when they know the other branch is wrong. Because otherwise, you don't have three co-equal branches. You have a judi judicial North Korea. It makes no sense. You have one branch that stands on top, not side by side. Again, take a look at this um, graphic that we have here on, on the judiciary. The green is the system we adopted. They're all on the same level, interpreted in the Constitution. The red is the one that, that is prevailing, but it's wrong because we're different in our views. The judiciary doesn't stand on top of it. It has to work in a circle. They, they each have to police. It, it, it doesn't make sense that the only ones who could police the boundaries of a lower court, like, again, let, let, let's say a court said, Daniel Horowitz deserves a right to meet with Donald Trump every Sunday morning for brunch on his policy initiatives. And Trump has to hear me out. Let's say I sue in you know, the District of Maryland and, uh, and they rule my favor. Anyone will see on prima facie that is just a, a power grab. They don't have such power. That's not a valid case. That's not like the same way a judiciary can't order a you know, Delta Force assault on, on a compound. Right? They don't have that power. They can appropriate money. They, they don't have that power. You don't say, let's appeal to the Fourth Circuit and then eventually the Supreme Court. No. You don't have that power. The other branches have to police it. The same way judicial review says that, look, the other branches could overlook, the judiciary could overlook the precedent of other branches for its branch. Certainly the other branches could overlook the judiciary for its purposes. Otherwise, you don't have symmetry. If the only ones who are able to police the lower courts are the Supreme Court, and then nobody is able to police the Supreme Court, then we don't have a republic. Meaning it's even worse than saying that the, the courts can't do anything to the other branches, because at least the other branches are elected. There's a reprisal. Meaning, let's say I said that the courts have no avenue to get involved in anything the other branches do. Oh, Daniel, that's tyrannical. Okay, but that's nowhere near as tyrannical of your system, which is the other way around. Because at least in my case, you know, a couple things. Again, it's very hard bicameralism. It's very hard to get something past the House, Senate, the president, they're all elected in different ways, multiple ways to hit at them. Um, and then and then also, like, it's not just the votes. It's a very transparent debate sometimes, but certainly relative to the courts, where people could weigh in and their voices could be heard. Ultimately, members could do whatever they want. But nowadays, like, you know, you know what they're doing? And they're this provision, in the bill, this provision. But when the courts could just nine robes go behind closed doors and have a conclave, that's what they do, and vote, like, here's what we're going to do. I mean, there's no compromise. There's no, well, in this case, but not that. They just, whatever we want. I mean, th that's like Kim Jong-un. We need a Brexit from this. You know I'm right in your heart. In your heart, you know I'm right. Like Barry Goldwater. I mean, you know that until this issue is dealt with, Nothing will change, and we're doomed.
We need elected officials, and I'm going to start with if, if Sessions winds up winning or whoever, to make it clear that that will be their job. To say this is illegitimate, you don't have such power, we are going to proceed with the Constitution the way we see it, the same way these guys are doing the thing. Because right now, it's just becoming a game. It's a total game. It's a lot more I have here. But I want to end with um, two, two, two stories here. Just to bring it full circle with the courts and criminals and jailbreak. You know, we talked about how, um, you know, the people have no say. You know, that how at least in Pennsylvania, the judges could be thrown out. But the federal courts are creating criminal rights left and right. And we have no say. Oh, the conservative Supreme Court. Well, let me tell you something about the conservative Supreme Court. Um, family outrage is from Fox 32 Chicago family outrage after uh, Chicago killer resentenced to 40 years in prison. Scores of Chicago police officers and family members are expressing outrage after a convicted cop killer got a second chance to walk free. A Cook County judge on Monday resentenced Hector Delgado for the 2001 murder of officer Brian Strauss. And basically, um, this the officer was gunned down in 2001 while working working as part of a tactical uh, team on the southwest southwest side. Delgado, then 16, was arrested and convicted of the killing of the officer and sentenced to life in prison. Guess what? We mentioned before that thanks to the Miller and then the Montgomery cases, Supreme Court cases, they wound up retroactively ruling that suddenly there's an Eighth Amendment, cruel and unusual punishment. You're not allowed to have mandatory sentences of life in prison without parole for even juvenile murderers. Okay? Now, Roberts didn't join the initial one, but then once it was passed, he, he wrote the or joined with the Montgomery case that applied it retroactively. We don't even have the votes to overturn this insane notion, this novel idea that wasn't created until this decade against 200 years of practice that juvenile murderers can't be, can't be uh, subjected to life without prison. Forget about um, the death penalty. They got rid of that in Roper in 2005, which also violates 200 years of precedent. But Daniel, a conservative Supreme Court. Oh, Trump's remaking the judiciary. You don't understand. Yes, initially, most Trump appointees, I'm sure, won't rule like some of these wacko rulings. But once they're there, which there's ample number of judges to, to get them to do it, they will not overturn it. It's a one-way ratchet. That's what they don't understand because we agree to it. Why? Because the same people appointing these judges in the Federalist Society, they are diffident in their own views. They believe in judicial supremacism. The problem is, as you well know, none of this fits on a bumper sticker. It's very hard for me to explain it because the other, the other side of this debate on our side is like, well, what do you mean, Daniel? Uh, Trump, uh, here's the numbers. He appointed 160 judges, uh, one-fourth of the appellate judges. I mean, we're remaking the judiciary. Again, not to mention the fact that, by the way, the overwhelming majority were refilling Republican vacancies because most of the people retiring under Trump are Republican judges because the Democrats don't want to retire. Some inevitably die or are forced to resign or they're not altruistic enough to ruin their retirement over it, so they retire. But mo most of them have been Republican judges. Now, maybe some of them are better 
the ones that are replacing. But we've lost some pretty good ones, like Janice Roger Brown, Rogers Brown on the um, second most important court, DC uh, Circuit Court, Federal Court. Um, which, by the way, that court is is the second most important court, and that is insurmountably in the hands of the left for two generations. So again, you have to go circuit by circuit. Like Trump has done, you know, made progress on the seventh and eleventh circuits. Circuits, I think the eleventh, I would say, is probably um, where he has made the biggest impact. But you know, it doesn't matter anyway because the left lies, cheats, and steals. They don't play by rules. We're the ones who subject ourselves to gratuitous, erroneous rules. I'm not saying to break laws. I'm saying to follow the Constitution as is. We're diffident about that. Their side has no qualms. So, like, forget about the law and the Constitution. The Supreme Court, the godly Supreme Court, right? The Supreme Court rules over everyone, right? They're, they're above the other two branches, supposedly. They'll rule the correct way. The lower courts are like, hey, screw that. Hold, hold my Coke, hold my beer. I'm coming in and I'll overturn it. And they do it every day. And our side goes for it. They don't play by rules. So it's a one way ratchet. Again, getting back to um, the Tories and Brexit, it's a, it's, a, it's a very apt analogy because that's where the ratchet came from, I believe, was uh, Margaret Thatcher. She said that about the Tories. She's like, it's a one way ratchet. When the left gets into power, it just turns very quickly to the left. And when the Tories get in, at best, it's, it's a ratchet. It's held in place. You can never move back to the right. And usually you'll continue circling to the left, albeit maybe a little bit slower. We have the same problem here. The Republican Party and the conservative movement are a bunch of Tories. One more case to just close this out and come full circle. From AP, orangutan granted human status, settles into new Florida home. A 33-year-old orangutan granted legal personhood by a judge in Argentina is settling into her new surroundings at Center for Great Apes in Central Florida. Patty Reagan, director of the center in uh, Wagachula, Florida, says Sandra is very sweet and inquisitive and adjusting to her new home. She was born in Germany, spent 25 years in Buenos Aires Zoo, um... And uh, basically, Judge Elena Libertio, Libertiori's landmark ruling in 2015 declared that Sandra is legally not an animal, but a human, a non-human person, thus entitled to some legal rights enjoyed by people and better living conditions. Um, with that ruling, I wanted to tell society something new, that animals are sentient beings and that the first right they have is our obligation to respect them. See, you know, we joke about this. Like, you know, well, if two men marrying is a marriage, so then why not men marrying an ape? But there you go. There you go. If castration is a, is a thing. I mean, this is the problem. Where do you draw? I mean, where do you draw the line once you agree to the premise that there is nothing, nothing a court could do that is out of bounds? And the only thing you could do is appeal it. And if the highest court is OK with that, there's nothing you can do. I mean, where where is there anywhere if if you subscribe to that view tell me is there anywhere you will draw the line and don't tell me oh it will never happen because it is happening it's getting crazier every day so um there you go there you go and now you put the two together 
there's a right to immigrate and that they're people. So then now there's going to be a right for for animals to immigrate and get, you know, health care and taxpayer funding. You laugh, but but this is happening. We have the most radical things going on in the history of of civilization from the modern left in America and Western civilization. Of all times. This should be a time when the supposed opponents have the most moral clarity and confidence and intrepidness and indefatigable approach to their opposition. Instead, what do we have? Diffidence. Just, I don't know, Daniel. The court said, the Constitution, the statute said, nothing we can do. Sure, we can do the. I agree with you. It's a bad ruling. The court said. Until we have a movement that stops this nonsense, we have no country left. Actually, strike that. We have no civilization left. Sorry to end on a dire note there, but um, tweet me at rmconservative. Email me at dharowitz at blazemedia.com. The website is conservativereview.com. The YouTube page is CR, where we post all these videos. I know a lot of you like listening on iTunes, but um, we need to boost our YouTube numbers as well. So um, tune in a little bit to YouTube. Drop me a comment. Uh, we will respond. Let's create this movement. This is not a show. This is not a personality contest. This is a movement. We need a movement badly now more than ever. And with God's help, we will create one. Till tomorrow, God bless y'all.